1: Foundations. The amazing thing about praise is that not only does it get your own focus off yourself, but it's putting the focus back on God where it should be, who is the one who is our victory.
0: Foundations, understanding the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. With Robbo Robinson and Mandy Warby. The Hebrew language is an incredible language. And like all languages, it has its rules, its nuances, and its idiosyncrasies. But it's so much more than that. Of course, the spiritual depth and significance of the language is equally amazing and significant for us as well. And today we're going to see how praise is linked to victory in the Hebrew language.
1: And in order to do that, I want to start off with a fabulous verse. It's John sixteen thirty three, And it says this. This is Jesus speaking. He says, These things I have spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. Take courage. I have overcome the world. (laughs) What an encouraging verse. You're going to have tribulation. It's actually not a question of if we're going to have trouble or difficulties. It's a matter of when and how often. That pretty much sums it up for life. In fact, you could almost go so far as to say the good bits the really nice, pleasurable bits just fit in between all of the struggles that mm. we seem to go through. and And I think because in the West we generally live uh, we generally live with the the good life at our fingertips. We, I mean we always have difficulties, but compared to the rest of the world, we really don't know what real struggle is, not in comparison. and that's not to diminish the real struggles that people do face, but I, I think it's probably a different kind of struggle that we tend to have to navigate through, uh, as challenging as they are. But struggles come in various forms. And the kind of struggle that Jesus was referring to in John 16 that I just read from, uh, it's really about the struggles that we face because of our faith, not just general life as it unfolds. Um, When he uses the word tribulation, it's a Greek word that is philipsis and it means tribulation, affliction, trouble, persecution, and oppression, uh, to be pressured. And it, it it has a root word of thalibo, where it comes from, and it means to afflict. It's like narrow or targeted struggle. Um, it's To suffer tribulation, it's more like a very specific kind. Um, and, of course, we know that is a specific struggle or persecution that is associated with our faith, or it's a struggle as a result because of our mm. faith. Okay, so... I wanted to uh, mention the prophet Habakkuk. It's the, the book Habakkuk is only three chapters. It's pretty short, but when you read it, he's presenting this really bleak picture of his people, and his his people were wicked. They weren't just wicked; they were like proud of their wickedness. Yeah, they had right. it on display, like it was something to be admired and celebrated. Kind of like our mm, culture, like really. The modern,
0: modern world, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, pretty similar. Identical, but he was he was so overcome by it. And he, but he encouraged himself through prayer and through praise. And if you read through the entire book, you get to the last couple of verses of the entire book, and this is what Habakkuk said. It's it, it's kind of curious. He says, "Yet I will exult in the Lord; I'll rejoice in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength; He has made my feet like Hinds' feet, and He makes me walk on high places." For the choir master, on my stringed instrument. And you read that and you go, (laughs) (laughs) what (laughs) What does that even mean? That last statement, for the choir master, on my stringed instrument. Why did that get attached Mm. to what he was saying?
0: It was almost like a a note that he made off to the side that sort of got included. That's what you think, isn't it?
1: It was like an an addendum or something to his noting. The other places where that statement or statements very similar to it are found is in the book of Psalms. So when you find that tacked onto the end of Habakkuk, you kind of think it's out of place or something. The thing is, is that the word choir master in Hebrew is very interesting. Now, there's some English translations will have it simply as choir director. And you kind of have this, the image you get is of a man standing in front of a group of Mm. singing, directing the song. That's what you think. The word choir master in Hebrew is menatzek and it comes from the root word netzach and it is about music to be sure uh, but it has a connotation of something that's kind of perpetual, uh, eternal, everlasting, forever Um, and there's another word attached to it which is nitzachon, and it means victory, to shine bright. Now you put these together and, and it has it this meaning to it that something or this music is perpetual, it's shining bright. Okay, so in the context of Habakkuk, um, it's like his words of prophecy his, his that is set to music is someone leading a perpetual shining bright of, of a victorious nature because mm. it's, it's something that's leading to victory. Now, one of the places, and there are many in the Psalms, where you read that phrase or see that phrase, one of them is Psalm eighteen. And this is where David is singing about his need to trust God to rescue him from his enemies. Now we know that David was a man of praise and worship. And of course he was primarily trying to escape the mistreatment and abuse that he was getting from Saul. Okay, so he was seeking God about this this perpetual, this ongoing, bright, victorious leading, but through through worship. And now there's something about there's there's no command by given by God at all anywhere that says when you're in a struggle, sing hymns. There's nothing that says that. But if you do you remember the story in it's in Acts sixteen. Do you remember that story?
0: The apostles who were bound in the, the deep dungeon. Yeah. And uh singing praises at the in the middle of the night, you yeah. know, in the in the depth and the dark and the, the, the cold. Yeah. And uh yeah, God turned up.
1: In an amazing way, they're singing praises to God. The prisoners are all listening. Then an earthquake happens. The doors fly open. The chains fall off. They're all just sitting there. And then, of course, the jailer, he's in fear and tremble because Mm. there's something about praise. Do you know it's not normal? When you're in the middle of something really nasty, it is not normal to actually just burst into praise and start worshipping God. It's actually abnormal when it comes to comparing the saved world from the unsaved world, it's abnormal. Mm. It's contradictory to a human nature that says, if I'm in the middle of something that's a struggle, then I need to wail and bemoan life. Woe Mm. is me. But when praise comes out, that's coming from the substance within. That's coming from God. And, you know, there's something about praise. Again, it's not a command of God, but we hear many testimonies, like what is recorded in Acts, of persecuted believers who will just worship God and in, it does a lot of things and, and it's there's primarily there's a lot of points that are in the notes that are online that you can go and read. But one of the things that it primarily does, it is a witness. When we worship God, when we praise him in the middle mm. of the worst persecution or the the darkest parts of our life, it is a witness of God to unbelievers.
0: Mm. Well, that's an example that we see in Acts where yeah. the jailer and also the prisoners around were all impacted. The jailer and his whole family came to faith
1: exactly. because of
0: what they saw. They yeah. saw the way that the apostles responded.
1: It's a living, it's just breathing testimony to yeah. the substance of Christ within a person. That doesn't make sense because the world has got nothing like it. Mm. And then finally, there is the story in 2 Chronicles 15, and that is the story of um, King Jehoshaphat. Remember, he had to go to battle, and he did something completely bizarre. He pulled out the musicians, the the psalmists, the worshippers from the temple service, And he sent them into battle first. You kind of think, well, thanks very much for that. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) He's sending me out first while the soldiers with the weapons are are behind. But he sent them out first, praising God, giving honor to him in the middle of what was a life and death situation for his nation. And the musicians went first. And his words to his people was, the battle is not yours, but God's. Mm. And the amazing thing about praise is that not only does it get your own focus off yourself, because if you, if you if your mouth is singing praises to God, it's not criticizing or whinging or complaining about the circumstances, mm. but it's putting the focus back on God where it should be, who is the one who is our victory.
0: It is a great reminder, as mentioned, there are more points in the notes that you can read about the great victory that we have in relation to praise. Next time on Foundations, we're going to be learning about the blessing of the dew. This has been Foundations, a look at the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. For study notes, resources and more, see vision.org.au slash foundations.